0: Down
1: that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get my way.
2: The boys and me got a big NASA going before the dry.
3: It's the Golf Insiders giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your golf insiders on 740 the game.
0: Hello Orlando, you're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with my very special guest tonight, the one, the only, PGA instructor extraordinaire over at Winter Park Pines. Jay Golden in the house, Jay. Oh,
3: uh, i the only one. I'm the only Jay You're Golden. You're the only on... one.
0: Oh, man. As far as I know.
3: Well, my son Jeff Golden just qualified for the Mid-Am. There's another Golden.
0: Because you are the best teacher on the planet.
3: Well, when he was a kid, someone would say to him, Jeff, who taught you how to play golf? And he would say, no one. Ooh. But it, maybe it means that I kept it simple.
0: I, I like that. I like that. Um, it's so great to have you in the house, Jay. I know you have been very busy. You've uh, been out on the Web.com tour working with a tour player out there.
3: Rob Oppenheim, who's, uh went to Rollins College and then turned pro, and I worked with him for a number of years over the years. And the top uh, 20, this is fifth year on the Web.com tour, 25 get cards to the PGA Tour, and he was number twenty. Six, Ka-ching. but uh, he 's a great player, great guy, and right now there 's four tournaments uh, for another twenty five cards. We could talk about that a little more, but he 's hanging in there he 's in there, and uh, I think he has a great future
0: all right well we 're into round three of the FedEx Cup playoffs halfway through. The number of competitors continues to shrink. 70 players remain for this week's BMW Championship, which will be played at Conway Farms Golf Club in Chicago, the Windy City, home of uh, my parents. Mm. And, of course, uh, for all you Cubby fans and uh, Bear fans out there, um, what a beautiful town Chicago is. But we're going to waste no time. We're going to go to our... Main man, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com, live from the Press Center up at Conway Farms. Hey, Bob.
1: Hey, how's it going, Holly?
0: Doing well. What's the weather doing up there?
1: It's beautiful. Yeah, I they just... don't say that in Chicago much, you know, but it's really nice. Uh, it's, it's quite a nice relief from Florida at the moment. Uh, now, of course, there's rain in the forecast for Friday, but right now, <laughs> it's a, it couldn't get much better for golf
0: yeah there's some great I, I was just got back actually today from Rhode Island, and uh, I mean, it was just absolutely gorgeous. No humidity, about 80 degrees. so uh, that's, that's good news for the players. that's for sure. So they're all rested up. Give us a scoop. what uh, what are you hearing in the press conferences and you know are are the, are the players rested and uh, what's this, what's the latest? Let's just go right down Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, what's going on?
1: Well, I certainly think they're more arrested than they were at this time a year ago when all the events were played in a row. And um you know, it's it's a it's a subject we've discussed before, I've written about many times, I touched on it again today, but you know, you just can't do this if you don't give these guys a break. Um and uh so that 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 break came at a good time I think because guys now can kind of get charged up for these last two events. Um, a lot of them were running on fumes at the Deutsche Bank. You know, it's just um, just coming off such a, you know, the, the, the prominent guys played four tournaments in five weeks, and some played five and six, you know, and, uh, and that came very soon after the British Open. I mean, it's just a lot of golf, a lot of high-end golf, and, um, you know, there's all sorts of conjecture about ways they could do something about it, and, you know, there doesn't seem to be much movement from the tour, but when you have a year like this where they separate them, I think that's good. Next year, the off week is going to come after this tournament, before the Tour Championship, which is up against the Ryder Cup. But you know that only affects a few players. You know, um, uh, next year you'll have a very very condensed schedule, and then the Olympics, and then the then the then the playoff events. The first three will be in a row, so a little bit of a dicey situation, but uh, Jason Day seemed to be glad for the week off last week, and and Jordan Spieth needed some time to maybe, uh, you know, get some things together with his game that he's missed two cuts in a row, and uh, and Rory is now back to number one even though he didn't play last week. So you know, got a lot, a lot of storylines going into uh, a really good tournament at a really nice golf course.
3: Jay Golden here. Uh, how are you doing? You happy there? Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Good.
1: How's how's it going, sir?
3: Good, good. Uh, In terms of the players, does this have a feel of a major? You know, there were four majors, and, and it's amazing what Jordan Spieth did, you know, almost coming as close to winning all four as almost anyone ever, since Bobby Jones did it as an amateur. But Does this, in terms of the players, do they feel that this is really the playoffs, that this has the feel of something, of course $10 million or something like that for the winner, but do the players feel like this has, that it's just gigantic?
1: You know, in all honesty, I don't think they do, and that's that's the the hurdle that the PGA Tour faces, and I think it's the reason why maybe it needs to get a little bit more removed from the majors he can't have it two weeks after the last major. When when Jordan Spieth walked off the course of whistling Straits, having gone 1-1, tied for fourth, and second in the majors, what more is left? You know, what is going to be in his tank after that kind of a summer? And then two weeks later, he's supposed to get fired up again for the so-called playoffs? You know, let's be honest. These tournaments are just not going to ever be as big as the majors. Now they're great tournaments because they have great fields. They're good courses with with excellent purses and obviously the money at the end of it. But you know, in sports, you know, does anybody know who, what the players get paid for winning the Super Bowl? What they what their share is for winning a World Series? I mean, would anybody have known what Serena Williams would have won had she captured the U.S. Open last week? You know, it's just not the money part of it is is not the issue, and so. Here, they've made $10 million The issue. It's nothing to sneeze at, obviously, but um, I just think it lacks that, and it's hard to capture that, I think. Personally, I think they'd be better off with only three of these playoff events move them two or three weeks after the PGA Championship, let them play three in a row, give them some rest, have them be fired up, and have this great run of tournaments to this conclusion. But... um, you know, I think it's hard to get that otherwise.
0: And you have a situation, and maybe an um, unatt- unintentional message to the tour. But uh, as Jason Sobel wrote on ESPN.com in his article, uh, you have Sergio taking the first two events off and going on summer vacation.
1: And I mean, you know, if you if you want to, if you want uh, if you're the type of person who would love to see concepts sort of implode then you root for him you know because he could clearly make it to atlanta and he could win the tour championship and maybe win the fedex cup and will have skip the first two mm-hmm. um jordan i believe could have skipped the first three and still been in the top five going to the tour championship now it might have been a little bit dicey You know, some, he would have, you need a lot. He would, there would have needed to be some things happen for him to get bumped out of the top five. They could have, Uh, but he could have gone to Atlanta, having not played any of them, been in the top five, win the tour championship and you win the FedEx cup. Now, you know, that's not what they want. Um, But yet they, they're so afraid of the guys who've had the great years, not getting to Atlanta or not being in a position to win the FedEx cup, that they skewed it so that it's all, you know, so that, those guys who have had the great years get an advantage that way. Well, that's good in in the sense of do you do you want your, a guy who won two majors to not be there? Well, of course not. But at the same token, as we know in team sports, uh, and I use the example all the time from a few years ago when the Patriots were eighteen and zero, and the Giants were what? Uh, I think they were twelve and six uh, when they beat them in the Super Bowl. You know, I mean they played one game and, and, and that was it. No nobody they, they didn't get any other advantage over the Giants because they had had the better year. And that's really what playoffs are. So it's they kinda want the best of both worlds and, and they put themselves in a position of possibly looking a little silly if the if the right things or or the wrong things occur.
0: We're talking to Bob Herrig live from the BMW Championship up at Conway Farms in Chicago. Jay?
3: And there are a number of theories why the PGA Tour has the FedEx Cup. And without going into several of them, why do you think that they started these playoffs?
1: Well, there were several reasons. One is, you know, the Tour doesn't really have a stake in the majors. Um, Other than the players and the World Golf Championship events, you know, They are out of it in terms of the majors. They wanted to create something big outside of the majors. And I commend them. I think it's a great concept. I mean, after the PGA Championship, before 2007, golf went to die. It had eight, nine weeks of tournament that very few people paid attention to that rarely had a good field. And even the Tour Championship in the last year of this thing in '06. Tiger and Phil skipped the tour championship. It was in early November. And so that's not a good way to conclude the year. And so they they revamped it. They came up with this system that was about points and and being in the top 125 got you in the playoffs. Frankly, I think they should playoffs ought to be the top 100 and top 125 keep their job. Um but overall what they did was they gave a reason for the top players to keep playing. With the idea that their season would end earlier, it would be done before the Ryder Cup. You play the Ryder Cup, and then you've got, um, you know, you can play in the fall if you want, but you've got some time to take off. Then they decided to have the wraparound schedule, and the new season begins in the fall. And now, kind of, you're you're telling these guys, well, yeah, you can take those tournaments off, but of course, you're going to be way behind when January rolls around. So, I, I've just always been the one that that's thought that that. There's too much of a good thing in golf. Um, you have to create some anxiety or, you, or, or some, you know, you know, the old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. But one of the reasons the NFL is still so popular is because there are, you know, once the Super Bowl's over, we can't wait for the season to start again. But, it's, it's, you know, it's eight months away. There's never any break for the fans in golf. And there's really not much of a break for the players. And that's not good for the product if they're tired or they're not into it. So, you know, I, I think there's some things here that they could work on. Uh, now that said, I always, I always, you know, the, 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 you know, sort of my, my, my fallback position though is having these tournaments is way better than what we used to have. You know, the, the middle of September we would not have Rory and uh, Jason Day and Jordan Spieth. Zach Johnson, Bubba Watson, Ricky Fowler, Phil Mickelson. We would not have these guys all together in the same tournament. It just wouldn't happen. So we have that now, and that's great. I just still think they can improve it.
0: Well, speaking of the NFL, Bob, uh, there was a certain someone at the Cowboys game on Sunday night, Tiger Woods, who got mentioned on air, and sitting next to him was a guy named Jordan Spieth, who got no mention. So have we already forgotten Jordan? The fact that he's missed two cuts—what's up with that?
1: Well, um, I'm not sure if maybe Al Michaels or Chris Collinsworth did—they did not recognize him, maybe, or did, was there not somebody telling them in their ear that that was Jordan?
0: Speaking? Yeah, did you send him um, a tweet?
1: <laughs> it is a little—it is a little funny, um, actually, uh, but um, I don't think we've forgotten about Jordan. He, you know, he obviously has missed two cuts, very unusual. Uh, But I don't get the sense from him or really the the people that are out here that the world's coming to an end. I mean, frankly, you know, as I was mentioning earlier, now he denies it, but how could there not have been a letdown after the PGA? It's just human nature. He says, no, there wasn't. I said, I was asked if after the match, if there'd be a letdown, After the U.S. Open, if there'd be a letdown. I mean, I, I often, I also think that you know, in, in those cases, there was a little bit of a letdown. You know, he he was running out of steam after the Masters. He 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 missed the cut at the players. You know, and then he got his game back together, and he won the U.S. Open, and he got on a great roll there through the Open and gave it a great run at the P.J. Championship. But then after that, you know, you kind of have to exhale and say, wow. You know, I mean, you just – I don't know how you keep it going. I don't know how you're supposed to get, get fired up for this, but – um You know, he says, look, it's not that big of a deal, you know, and uh, he seems ready to go this week. It'll be interesting to see, though, how he does. I mean, you know, I I don't think he wants to be mediocre this week where there is no cut, uh, but after missing two straight cuts, my guess is he really is determined to have a good week.
3: But I think more interesting is that Tiger and Spieth bought general admission tickets all the way on top of the stadium, and by coincidence they were sitting next to each other. I mean, that is amazing.
1: Yep, that uh I've got a bridge <laughs> to sell you too, man.
2: You that, uh... <laughs> All, right. All right.
0: Speaking of bridges, who are you picking for the BMW championship? And do you have a hunch, Bob Herring, on who's gonna take the FedEx Cup?
1: Well, I um I picked Hunter Mahan just sort of on a lark. He has made every tour championship since the FedEx Cup began in nineteen excuse me, in two thousand and seven. The only player who is who has accomplished that feat of being in every tour championship, and he's way down the list. He needs a good week this week to keep that streak alive and so I figured I'd try to give him some good karma um and now that, you know is he going to win? I don't know I mean it's not been a great year for him, which is why he's in this position uh I think he needs to finish top three and needs some help in order to advance to Atlanta as for who's going to win the whole thing. You know, to be honest with you, it kinda comes down to who wins next week. I mean, who's ever in the top five, if any you know, any of those guys win, they're gonna win the they're gonna win the FedEx Cup and I kinda like Rory because of all the things he's accomplished, it's the one thing he's not done is won the FedEx Cup. He's won the Race to Dubai, he's won the PGA Tour money title, he's won FedEx events, but he's never won the Tour Championship and he's never won the FedEx Cup and uh you know, it would kind of be a neat cap to the year after what Jordan did to have Roy then win that. Um, you know, I don't think it would be, it'd be as big of a deal any, uh, to him or any of the players as what Jordan did, but still pretty impressive.
0: And it would sure set up uh, 2016, wouldn't it?
1: No doubt. Absolutely.
0: All right, Bob. Thanks so much. As always, we appreciate your time. We'll let you go back to work. And always, we appreciate your thoughts on the Golf Insiders. Thanks so much. Bob Herrick, ESPN.com. You're listening to 740 The Game. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
1: Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking for the
0: We're back, the Golf Insiders taking you home on the Fairways of I 4 in the house, Holly G, along with my special guest, Jay Golden, PGA member, mm-hmm. PGA teaching professional mm-hmm. at Winter Park Pines, <laughs> and Winter Pines. Winter Pines. Winter Pines. That's right. I know. It's such a great golf course. And it went under, under some renovation this summer, didn't it? Well,
3: always. You know, they they keep that place up like like no place and just any always working on something always keeping it nice and I teach there and one of the things that I'm proud of is a a high school student Jasmine Zukel from Lyman High School who never played in her life and she was hoping to make the team she turns out there wasn't a great turnout but she's the number 1 player on the team right now Got to love that And but the best part I think her grandfather Luis Rivera who Grandpas out there, take your granddaughters and grandsons out to play golf and hit some balls, and you never know what it could lead to. And I'm hoping someday that Jasmine gets a scholarship to college. So coaches, you keep watching her name.
0: Yeah, and we have Sierra Brooks from Sorrento, Florida, who finished second in the U.S. Amateur. So we've got some great women golfers here in Central Florida. And speaking of women's golf, the fifth major... The LPGA major last week, Sunday, finished up with Lydia Ko shooting 63, 16-under total Sunday to become the youngest player to win a major.
3: Ever? Man or woman?
0: Jay Golden on the LPGA Tour. I'm not sure about I the Maybe yeah, ever. I would say. 18 and uh, I think maybe four months or something. You know, they've got it down to the seconds now. I mean,
3: Nicholas and Tiger. I mean, Tiger was at least 19 or 20, 21, right?
0: Lexi Thompson finishing second, uh, the other young superstar. And they now go from France to Germany for the Solheim Cup. So from Major to Solheim Cup, Julie Inkster, the uh, captain for the U.S. team, and Michelle back after... uh, you know, recovering from some injury, and um, it's going to be an interesting dogfight for the girls over there in in Germany, Jay. It's never easy to play when you're not on your home turf.
3: And that's like the Men's Ryder Cup, and of course Solheim, Karsten Solheim-Ping, he's the one that started it, how many years ago, 20 years ago or so, and it's it's a great event, like the Men's Ryder Cup, and... And a uh, woman who I wrote uh, a book with, Kathy Whitworth, she was uh, the captain of that once, and Nancy Lopez, who's always part of Chris DeMarco's Tee Up for Life tournament. Nancy is a, one of the greatest, maybe the greatest woman golfer ever, even though Kathy Whitworth won 88 LPGA tour events. Sam Sneed is second with 84. I think Tiger has in the high 70s. And, and, so tell uh, us what
0: else is going on. So you've got this great player on the, on the web.com, and they go into their own playoffs. They have their regular tour in which they give away 25 cards to the top finishers, correct, of the regular calendar season. They've yes, got, what, yes. 30 events now? Yeah,
3: well, somewhere, you know, between 25 and 30. And the top 25 money winners get a PGA Tour card. Rob Oppenheim, who I've worked with for years, he unfortunately was, fortunately and unfortunately, he was 26. He didn't get his card, but it is the best finish he ever had. He had a, a win this year. He's won many mini-tour events on the Moonlight Tour and other mini-tours. And, and now there's a playoff of four tournaments, which they give out another 25 cards, and there are 150 players, number 1 through 75 from the Web.com Tour and number 126 through 200 from the PGA Tour. Now, the 25 on the web.com tour who already got their cards, they're not, they're not vying for those cards. But for the other 125 players, the top 25 money winners of these four events will get a PGA Tour card. Rob made the cut in the first tournament but didn't have a good third and fourth round. And uh, yeah, I just spoke to him, and he said that his three wood was going way to the right and it was too much spin to set. that. He found out there was a crack in it. His excuses are getting so much better.
0: Oh, my gosh. He said
3: there was a crack in the head.
0: So what's it like caddying out uh, on tour for a player? You find yeah. that that way you can really see your player up well, up close? You personal. know, there's,
3: there's a lot of elements, you know, when you're, you're coaching and you're caddying at the same time. And there's no greater opportunity for a coach to see how your player, your student, does in different situations. I mean, when you give a half hour, hour lesson on the driving leash, flat lie, shot after shot, they're loose, big driving range. But how are they from a side hill lie in the rough when there's OB left, water right, into the wind? Oh, you don't know how to hit that shot? Oh, let's practice it. You know, it's one of the great opportunities. That being said, (laughs) and I will occasionally, if things just are really obvious, we're on a communication level where I might say something like, Rob, you didn't complete your backswing on that one. Or I might say something else if it's gigantic. But caddying, I have found out, is 90% what you don't say exactly. and 10% what you say.
0: <laughs> Shut up and carry the bag. And uh, Although, you know, we've seen so much, and I think the players have re- revealed a lot more about their relationship and the importance of their caddy as a as a team, as a partnership. We've seen it with Jason. Uh, day we've seen it with Jordan Spieth and his caddy. Uh, you know it's really getting to see and hear because of now the the great audio on a lot of the television coverage. Now what goes on between uh, you know these these guys when they're uh, walking out uh, out to their ball?
3: There's a lot of truth to that, but you have to find out what the player wants from the caddy and what he doesn't want. And there are two personalities going on, and some some players want a big-time yes-man, you know, oh, I, I missed that uh, shot to the right because my yadi, okay, pro, you're right. Come on, let's do it better next time. And when do you encourage, when do you, you know, there's so much, but there's the psychology of it, but the caddy has to know what the player wants and reacts positively to, and you have, to you know, like I say, in order to teach someone, you have to be Sigmund Freud and Butch Harmon at the same time.
0: Well, you know we 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 know Bubba just like somebody he can he can vent and rant and rave and go off on his little inner epistles and Henrik Stenson, epistles epistles and Henrik Stenson Henrik Stenson had quite a bit of conversation at the Deutsche Bank after uh, the mishit on sixteen the par three when he dumped it in the water a lot of conversation going on there with the caddy. Uh, you know, I, I from what everybody said, the wind was blowing, um, you know, much stronger than maybe they realized and uh, they pulled the pulled the wrong club or, you know, it, it just uh, the wind got it, as they say. But it's all rubber the green, as you know.
3: Well, I want to tell you someone else who I caddied for. And that's because I was giving him golf lessons. And I said, let's play a few holes and and I'll be your caddy. And I'll you could ask me any questions. I'll tell you what it is. And his name is R- 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 Ricardo Caca from the Orlando City Soccer. And he's been at Winter Pines uh, eight or ten times, and I've spent time with him. And he was behind a tree. I said, do you want to chip out to the fairway or do you want to try to hit it over the tree? He goes, you tell me, Caddy. <laughs> but he's a fantastic athlete, wonderful person, very sweet man. And I try to teach him, I say, when you sick of, when you kick a soccer ball, what does your foot do? That's just what you want the club head to do, inside, over, and out. And quite an athlete and quite a learner. And
0: in Orlando City.
3: Could really get great at golf.
0: Going, going strong and hopefully uh, going to play well in the uh, playoffs. Well, we've got to take a quick break. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740, the game. Stay with us. We have Jeff Babino from Golf Week coming up next.
1: Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us.
2: Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is.
1: Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. It'd
2: be good to just make a part. back,
0: the Gulf Insiders, taking you home on the Fairways of I-4 in the house Holly G, along with my special guest, Jay Golden, from Winter Pines Golf Club in beautiful Winter Park. That's it, beautiful.
3: And talking about beautiful, is Jeff Babineau in the house?
0: He will be shortly, because we're talking, we're halfway through the FedEx Cup playoffs, and last time they played at Conway Farms, which was in 2013, uh, history was made, Jay Golden. Do in you what remember way? why?
3: Uh they played nineteen holes instead of eighteen.
0: Jim Furyk shot the sixth fifty nine in PGA tour history. Wow. I but can't... it was Zach Johnson who walked away with the title. And as we know at this stage of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the top thirty will advance to the tour championship in Atlanta the following next week. And the top five in the FedEx Cup after this week will control their own destiny. So this is, you know, where I say things get a little bit tighter. The screws get a little bit, uh, you know, I think the nerves, I think the nerves do affect some of these guys, Jay Golden. And we're going to go to Jeff Babineau and get his opinion, JB, from Golf Week.
4: Hey, I'm nervous all the
3: time. I could see that. I understand why.
0: <laughs> I'm nervous because my Buffalo Bills won this, you know, the, in a big uh, way this week.
3: But you know why yeah, Jeff you know, is I'm also good. nervous? Because he has been around so much, I believe, and perhaps he'll share a story, of the times that he has been with President Trump.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you have interviewed him or you've been around him. You've met him, haven't you, Jeff?
4: I have. I I, uh, I got on his bad side a year ago when we... Uh, <laughs> ranked his Trump Doral uh, too low in our rankings. He <laughs> didn't like that a whole lot, so I got a phone call at the house on that one.
0: Oh, my gosh.
4: But, uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, uh, Furyk, you talked about Furyk's 59 at Conway Farms. Do you know what the second-best score was that day?
3: 83. Close. Yeah, close.
4: 65.
3: Really? Woo.
4: You know, when those guys go out there and play against you know, a field of 70 of the best players in the world and, and clip them by six, Pretty good stuff.
3: I guess.
0: Tell us a little bit about this track. It's it's a Lynx design.
4: It's Lynxy. I I don't know a whole lot about it. I wasn't there in thirteen. I always do the one in Boston usually in Atlanta and that's this is the one I usually sit out. So um I don't know a whole lot about Conway Farms. Uh looks to be in good shape. I know there's pretty good rough this week. Um, you know. And then they're playing for a lot. So but, you know, Zach Johnson won there last time. Purek is the guy who Shot the 59, so it seems like it, it'll let a mix of players in there, which is, you know, it's good to see playoff time. You don't want to see a, a player, a, a golf course that really favors length a whole lot or something like that this time of year.
3: Jeff, uh, all year, you know, it used to be the money list who's this in the money list, who's this number, that number. Now it's FedEx Cup, FedEx Points, FedEx, FedEx, all leading to the playoffs. Do you think that too that? much is made out of nothing. And I know that's a gigantic exaggeration, but is too much made out of this all year for the playoffs?
4: Well, you know, I was, I'm old enough to have gone to the tour championships that kind of had lost their sizzle, you know, and there's a really uh, a tough way to end the year. It's just, the year just kind of faded quietly away. So I think the idea, you know, they call it playoffs. It's kind of a loosely used term, but the idea was to Create excitement at the end of the year, you know. when They do it with these points; it's very confusing. I noticed on the tour site today they put up all the permutations of who can do what fishing where, and, and, and you know.
0: Oh, thank God, God we have cliff notes.
4: Oh, jeez, well, <laughs> an expedition uh, argument broke out on there. You know, these guys were firing away. So I was waiting for Pythagoras to weigh in. <laughs>
0: but
4: uh, you know, but it's so. In the end, I mean, long story short, I, I think it's better than what we have. You know, we have something that means a lot to these guys at the end of the year. We have some great players near the top of the standings this year. And and it should give us an exciting phase to the season, and that's what we kind of hope for.
0: In the case of someone like Billy Horschel, who obviously got a three-week hot streak last year and banked $13.5 million in three weeks, Jeff, do you think... You know, something like that, you know, a guy like that, okay, well, you know, certainly he's set for life, more than set for life. But do you think that takes, you know, does that take away some of his competitive juice, uh, winning all that money?
4: You know, I I think it puts a lot of pressure on him all of a sudden to live up to something that came so quickly. I mean, his life turned around in three weeks, and then he had to live up to that. You know, it's I remember in the old days, Kane Stewart talking about getting introduced as a US Open champion and feeling you had to live you had to be somebody else on that first tee every week. So I think it puts a lot on a player. I mean it gives you a nice nest egg. I mean you're kind of playing with house money for a long long time if you're Bill Haas or uh, Billy Horschel or these guys that, that bank something like that you know um, it's, it's nice. I mean it's the the ultimate lottery for these golfers and, and even the caddies I mean Billy Horschel's caddy last year. Walked with a million dollars, so it's a pretty nice autumn uh, paycheck to be walking away with.
0: Well, we didn't have the grand slam this year due to the fact that, uh, of course, you know they had to change courses, and that didn't that didn't work out due to the, you know, to the venue. But a pretty interesting pairing uh, on Thursday: Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, and Ricky Fowler. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch.
4: Yeah, it's a great pairing, and you know, we came into the year. You look at all those those three guys right there and we came into the year and they all had a little bit of question marks around them you know we didn't know Jordan Spieth was going to be a major player that he showed himself to be this year we didn't know uh Jason Day had only won twice going into this year so we didn't know how much he could win and Ricky was the same way you know Ricky was a nice player who had finished high in all the majors last year but he wasn't winning so he had one tour win so Uh, For all these guys, I mean, I think they all the three of those guys really proved a lot. And it really moved the needle in golf, I think. It's great to have these young guns up and coming and, and winning, which is really important. And it makes for a great Thursday and Friday pairing at the BMW.
0: Well, we know that the top five control their destiny going into the Tour Championship. So outside of the top five now... Who do you think has the best chance of making a move? You know, we've got Jim Furyk in the top 10, Zach Johnson, Dustin Johnson. Who do you think of these guys could, could make the move this week?
4: i think maybe Zach. I mean, if he finishes, uh, if he wins, he moves all the way to second. And uh, if he plays really well, he can get in there. And, you know, he's had success on his golf course. He's had a great year in, in the thought that he won a major, you know, won a great championship at St. Andrews. But. I think he kind of expected a little more consistency out of his game, so I, I think you know it'd be important for him to move in there and give himself a shot at, at Eastlake, whereas you know a nice history in Georgia for sure.
3: Jeff uh, Jordan Spieth, uh, probably the greatest major run, uh, you know that I in my life, and uh, amazing that he really almost won all four, and then almost like a heavyweight champion or some great teams, then after it's over, and of course he didn't win all four, but do you think that that takes some uh, gas out of the tank, and that's one of the reasons why he missed the cut in the first two events?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's going to take a lot. Those guys, Even Tiger, when he was dominating, talked about how much it took out of him to be not only winning on Sunday, but being near the lead for so many days at a major, and he did it for 16 rounds with the majors this year, which as you say, was, it was incredible. It was an unbelievable run. I was as impressed with him at St. Andrews as I was when he won the first two of I them. Mean, I thought it was incredible that he was there till the end. So I think there's going to be naturally some sort of a letdown, some sort of a, you know, you're a little bit over that mountain and, and you want to exhale and you know all of a sudden they, they want to tell you these playoffs are the most important thing, but Obviously, the majors to these players are the most important thing. So, yeah, I think that caught up with him a little bit. and Some bad golf and putts not going down. And next thing you know, he had a couple weekends
0: off. Hey, it happens. And, you know, he deserves to put his feet up and and take a breath. JB, who do you you see hoisting the trophy on Sunday for uh, the BMW?
4: I'll take some Zach. How about that? Oh, Zach. We'll have a a little Zach hoisting. uh, Maybe a hot putting streak and... Be given a, we're going to get a good five for Atlanta either way. So uh, I think we're going to have a lot of excitement going to the tour championship, and that'll be good to see.
0: I got a little karma going with Jim Furyk. You know, he's been there before, wow. and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet my money on Jim Furyk, but we'll see. I and, like uh, it. hey, it's the Patriots and the Bills on Sunday, my friend. So <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Good luck. All right. We have put
4: a tall... All pint on
0: that one. All righty, Jeff Babino from Golf Week. Thanks so much. You're listening to the Golf Insider. 7:40. The game. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
4: Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments. None of which they do very
2: well. I want my dream.
0: Yeah. We're back, the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G, along with my special guest, Jay Golden, from Winter Pines Golf Club. Four. Hey, Jay, we are talking the Women's Ryder Cup this week, the LPGA Solheim Cup, which actually started, was the concept of my team, Back in the day, at the LPGA in nineteen ninety, was what when, were you doing there? Was when we birthed that baby. I was the director of communications for the LPGA back then. What? And so, uh, yes, this will be the fourteenth match uh, between the USA and Europe. And if my numbers are right, uh, USA leads eight to five against Europe. But of course, um, we went down hard last year in Colorado and want to get some thoughts from a man that's covered the tour, and uh, we love having him on the show, and I miss him here in Orlando. Jeff Shane from PGATour.com and the island packet in beautiful Hilton Head Island. Hey, Jeff.
3: Hey, Holly. Hey, Jay. How are you? Good. How are you? Do you know, before we get into that, I have a, a much bigger question. You know, the winner of the Mid-Am, the USGA Mid-Am, plays in the Masters. Now, my son is playing in the Mid-Am, and if he wins the Mid-Am – do you feel he could win the Masters?
2: Well, you got to go up against Jason Day and Jordan Spieth and <laughs> Rory McIlroy.
3: <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. Okay, let's get to the soul line. All go. right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, you know we've had a a big couple we have a big couple weeks here for the for the LPGA their fifth major the the Evian tournament over in France with Lydia Ko winning and making history. Jeff, your your thoughts on Lydia's win?
2: Well, uh, I think that uh, we we. As a industry, as a as a media industry, probably underplaying Lydia Ko. I mean, she has uh, won at age fourteen, age fifteen, age sixteen. Yeah, and now she's won a major. Uh, give her another few years, and she's going to be climbing right up that wins chart on the LPGA. This is a really special talent, and about the only thing that she did not have checked uh, off in a little box there was a major championship, and she pulled through in the last opportunity she had to become the youngest LPGA major winner, so congrats to her.
0: Yeah, she she knows how to just um, double- And triple down when the stakes are high. Watched, you know, last year she won the race to the CME Globe down in Naples. And, you know, just her composure and maturity. You think you're listening to a 35-year-old who's been out there for 15 years already.
2: Definitely. Her rise, uh, the ages are a little different uh, because uh, the person I'm thinking of actually went to college and came out after a couple years of college. But in terms of making an immediate impact on the tour, she reminds me a little bit of Lorena Ochoa. And we know how good Lorena was rising to number one at the height of her career before she so abruptly stepped away to go into motherhood.
0: Well, we have a a very talented U.S. team: Stacy Lewis, Lexi Thompson, Christy Kerr, Michelle Wee, Brittany Lincicome, Morgan Pressel, Angela Stanford, Serena Pillar, Allison Lee, Lisette Salas. We only have one rookie, Allison Lee, and of course uh, some some great uh, experienced veterans like Paula Kramer rounding things out, and Brittany Lang. So. This team's looking pretty good. What, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, it, it is, uh, it, it's a team that looks really good on paper. The, the thing that worries me perhaps a little bit is, with the exception of Allison Lee, this is exactly the same team that got steamrolled in Colorado two years ago. And maybe that was just a one-off and a bad week for everybody. But uh, I think this is a, kind of a critical Solheim Cup because uh, the U.S. has done so very well over the years, and and it's been a good rivalry, but the the U.S. has never uh, had it be away for too long. To lose it three consecutive times would would be a first and not a good one for the U.S. women.
0: Well, we know Suzanne Patterson uh, will lead the Team Europe, and she's been nearly unstoppable since her first appearance in 2002. We have there's Charlie Charlie Hull, who played her first... Solheim in 2013, and she was quite a standout. Uh, Annika Norquist, who, of course, is a, another great Swedish player. So a pretty good European team coming back as well with some strong veterans and a, a mix of young talent.
2: Yeah, a, a good mix, and uh, like we find with a lot of European teams, maybe a team that's that's better in the match play than they are uh, you know, when it comes to stroke play, not to, to take anything away from Anna Nordquist and, and Suzanne Pedersen and, and them, but, uh, you know, if you look at world rankings, you know, the U.S. team is definitely stronger, but uh, we know that match play is is such a different animal, and we got to remember that this one is uh, over on their side of the pond in Germany.
3: Jeff, in the Ryder Cup, they frequently talk about how the Europeans travel more together, they're friendlier. They eat together. They they want to win more in terms of than the U.S. in terms of the the Ryder Cup. The men, you know, they go their own ways with their managers and agents and this and that. Do you feel that the European women have a better relationship with each other than the U.S. women?
2: Well, I I, I think that what you get with with a uh, not only the European women but but some of the Asians as well is You tend to gravitate to those who speak your same language or are from uh, your same country. I mean, I know that the Spanish women, uh, Azahara Munoz and and Belen Mozo and Beatrice Ricari, and uh, Beatrice is not on the team this year, but. But you know you find them hanging out together a lot. You see, uh, the Swedes have always hung out together a lot. Um, now, whether that translates uh, in a larger picture to to the Europeans, maybe so. And certainly, success breeds success. Uh, and this, uh, like just like a, this, is largely the same U.S. team that got stomped two years ago. This is largely the same European team that did the stomping. So I think that uh, when they all get back together. They, it'll be like a, a very fun reunion for them, at least to start.
0: Well, there's going to be great golf to watch. Uh, the coverage, wall to wall coverage on Golf Channel. It's going to start at 2 in the morning uh, and go till noon. So um, for the hardcores, there's plenty of great golf to watch this weekend. The Solheim Cup. Good luck, Team USA. Jeff, Shane, thank you so much, my friend. We miss you here in Orlando. And Jay Golden, if our listeners want to look you up for a lesson, how do they find you, my friend? Well, I'm
3: at Winter Pines Golf Course. You could always call there. And my tip of the day, just like people line up that line when they putt to putt straight, line up that line with your driver and hit that line straight on the golf ball.
0: And if they want to reach you, how do they do it?
3: Jay Golden, Winter Pines Golf Course. They'll tell you how.
0: All righty. Thank you so much, my friend. Go Team USA! We're out of here. Bye-bye.